Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard live from CPAC here. Today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today is March 2nd, 2023, Anno Domini. We have got huge exclusive story to share with you today, breaking receipts on none other than Alexander Vindman. We're also going to get into this question about what's going on in Wuhan. Why is the story coming out today? And then finally, a terrorist attack on the border with Russia. What are the implications? All this and more ahead, Human Events Daily. I want to take a second to remind you to sign up for the Poso Daily Brief. It is completely free. It'll be one email that's sent to you every day. You can stop the endless scrolling trying to find out what's going on in your world. We will have this delivered directly to you totally for free. Go to humanevents.com slash Poso. Sign up today. It's called the Poso Daily Brief. Read what I read for show prep. You will not regret it. Humanevents.com slash Poso. Totally free. The Poso Daily Brief. There are no leaders to charge. There's no one to hold to account just yet. And if nobody ever arrests Vladimir Putin and his group, what does justice look like? Well, at this stage, the investigation is the most important thing. Uh, Accountability is a long-term process. World War II, Germany was still holding war crimes trials as recently as last year. Uh, Same thing is happening in Yugoslavia for the crimes that were committed decades ago. So at this stage, it's about collecting the evidence, preparing cases for when the opportunity presents itself, either a regime change in, in Russia or somebody travels outside of uh, uh, into Europe uh, on a vacation or a visit, they could never escape accountability, no matter how long it takes. Alexander Vindman. Of course, you remember him, Colonel Alexander Vindman. Don't re- remember, folks, Colonel Alexander Vindman. What has he been up to lately? But before we get into this, I want to remind everyone exactly who Colonel Alexander Vindman is. Colonel, 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 Colonel. Alexander Vindman, you remember him from a little thing called the first impeachment of President Donald Trump. When he and his friend Eric Charamella of the CIA, that's right, I said it, Eric Charamella of the CIA, decided to file a whistleblower report on President Trump saying that he was trying to coerce who? The president of Ukraine Vladimir Zelensky into digging up dirt on the Biden family because President Trump knew that Joe Biden's son, Hunter, was making tens of thousands of dollars every single month in a do nothing job at Burisma Energy, which was itself a complete handout from the oligarchs of Ukraine to the Biden family. We later found out about the 10 percent for the big guy. This, keep in mind, was a full year before we leaked the Biden laptop to the U.S. public. The rest, of course, is history. But what do we have? So for this individual, Alexander Vindman, who played a massive, dare I say, outsized role in the fomentation of this war, he helped start the Ukraine war. And now he's trying to profit from it. Documents recently obtained by Human Events exclusively show that Alexander Vindman has been pitching the government of Ukraine to obtain lucrative defense contracts. In August of 2022, just a few months into the war, Vindman himself operating as CEO of Trident Support, 
pitched a deck on a Ukraine weapons system sustainment center to address problems with Ukraine's weapons management, nameless, namely readiness, repair, and maintenance. Vimin's initial proposal was for $12 million, according to these documents, in initial funding for his company. This is war profiteering. The idea behind the proposal is that Trident support would be a middleman between NATO weapons and Ukrainian forces, teaching the latter how to operate and repair the equipment while taking an exorbitant fee from Ukraine to do so. When you're talking about the tanks, when you're talking about the vehicles, when you're talking about the weapons, the systems, the night vision, everything, all the technology that's being sent over to Ukraine. Of course, Alexander Vindman is thinking, how can I get a slice of that pie here in D.C.? We call that being a beltway bandit. But what he's doing is even further than that, because keep in mind, it's the same Alexander Vindman who was once offered the role of defense minister for all of Ukraine, ahead of the entire Ukrainian military. And what do we see here? He started the war, and now he is trying to profit from the very war itself. And keep in mind that with the billions of dollars that the United States is sending over, the U.S. taxpayer would be the one ultimately footing the bill for all of this. They are the ones that are actually trying to be paid uh, or funding this payment for Zelensky. He's the one, Vinman, he's the one who's trying to profit. You see, this is exactly what happens in every war, folks. You get people in the middle who say, how can I get a slice? How can I get a piece of it? War is a racket. And President Eisenhower warned us as a country in his final address that these types of people, these types of forces, the financial pressures of the military industrial complex would rise again and again as we go abroad seeking monsters, finding them, and then deciding to go and fight them. We just did this entire special last Sunday, Ukrainistan. And you look at some of this. You look at these documents. What he's talking about is bringing American defense contractors and veterans into Ukraine to set up sustainment centers and logistics centers. Well, if you're the Russian military and you find out that all of these tanks and all of these vehicles can only be sustained at a few places, where do you think you're going to send your cruise missiles next? And then what happens if it's American citizens that are killed in the strikes? This is textbook mission creep. This is exactly what we warned would happen. This is exactly why I made that video. And by the way, for the record, I am proud of making our predictive pre-creation the AI video of President Biden calling for a draft, because that is where all of this is headed. People like Vindman, people at our State Department, people that are even currently in the United States military, they are pushing further and further and further. And I guarantee you, whether it's Vindman or not, these types of contracts are going to be signed. And American citizens are going to be sent over, veterans with actual military experience and actual military connections on the ground when they start being killed because it will happen it's war folks guess what that's what happens there this isn't a picnic they're going to come in and then suddenly suddenly the headlines back home will be that putin has killed americans and the question is will that ever be a vinman no of course not because they're the ones back home making money off of it 
You know, a lot of people complain about the state of our country or the way that woke corporations treat us and their employees, but it's not enough to complain. We need to change the way the marketplace works. And that starts with you and where you spend your money. In less than a year, Public Square has grown to be the largest platform of patriotic, freedom-loving businesses the world has ever seen. Whether you want to support a restaurant that only buys from local farms, a coffee shop that took a stand against COVID mandates, or a bank that would never cancel you for your political views, Public Square is your guide. There's also an interactive, sensor-free community group where you can connect with other local members. Here is the best part. It's absolutely free to join. What do you do? Go to publicsquare.com, that's publicsq.com, and download the app today. Simply create an account and begin your search. You can also list your business for free so your local community can support you. We can't always change the world, but we can change how and where we spend our hard-earned dollars. Begin your search today at Public Square. Guys, it's super easy. Just go to publicsquare.com, publicsq.com. Super simple. Download it, set it up. You'll love it. I asked you also back then about the investigation to COVID origins. Is the FBI in charge of the investigation of the origins of the coronavirus? Uh, we certainly have a role in looking into the origins of the coronavirus. Now there's this Department of Energy study uh, that says it's likely uh, to have come from a lab leak, although the confidence is low. It cites the FBI. What is the determination by the FBI? So, uh, as you note, Brett, uh, the FBI has for quite some time now assessed that the origins of the pandemic are most likely a potential lab incident in Wuhan. Let me step back for a second. You know, the FBI has folks, agents, professionals, analysts, virologists, microbiologists, etc., who focus specifically on the dangers of biological threats, which include things like novel viruses like COVID, uh, and the concerns that, that in the wrong hands, some bad guys, a hostile nation state, a terrorist, a criminal, uh, the threats that those could pose. So here you're talking about a potential leak from a Chinese government controlled lab that killed millions of Americans. So FBI Director Chris Ray is suddenly out there telling all of us that He's got some breaking news for all of us to learn from the annals of the FBI. The FBI, you know the FBI. They're the ones you watch on Netflix every day. They're the stars of all your favorite TV shows going back to the X-Files. They're the ones who are there to make you safe. Don't ask questions about Waco. Don't ask questions about Ruby Ridge. No, 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 no. The FBI are the ones there to protect you and your families. They're the rough men standing ready in the night prepared to do violence on those who would see you harmed. He's telling us that after three years of investigation, the FBI has decided to assess with moderate confidence that COVID-19, in fact, came from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. It leaked out of that lab and that it was not, in fact, some uh, bat soup gone bad it was not some pass through of a, of a you know domesticated animal no no or a wild animal to some population no in fact it was a gain of function experiment conducted in the wuhan institute of virology under the aegis of shurjung lee the bat lady who decided on her own completely on her own by the way to set all of this up let me tell you something folks i don't buy it i don't buy this for a second do you honestly expect us to believe Chris Ray after all the lies that he's told about January 6th, about all the lies that he's told about the traditional Catholic movement, putting Latin mass 
holding churches on a list, going after conservatives, going after pro-life leaders and sending in FBI SWAT teams and pre-dawn raids. Now suddenly you're some hero? No, we understand what's going on here. There's two things, let me explain. Number one, the FBI knows that the majority in the House has now switched over. Now the Republicans are in the majority. What does that mean? That means the FBI is looking at that committee on weaponization of the federal government against conservatives and saying, all right, we've got to go build some relationships. We've got to go build some bridges. And by the way, I've had the meetings. I've had the phone calls. I've had liaisons from the FBI. Hey, come and have dinner. Have a cup of coffee with me, Poso. Let's let's let bygones be bygones with that whole Russia stuff. We certainly agree on so much more. Couldn't we just... Couldn't we just sit back and say, you know what, that was a a silly thing that happened, but let's be friends. How about no? How about we, we do a little thing around here called accountability? And so they're trying to build relationships with the right because they understand which side is getting power in Washington. It's the same game that J. Edgar Hoover used to play, by the way. And number two, this perhaps is even more sinister. What you're looking at, ladies and gentlemen, is a limited hangout. What is a limited hangout? A limited hangout is when your cover is blown or when a clandestine or covert operation is blown and someone starts getting, getting questions, getting that funny feeling to say, what's going on? What's actually happening here? What's happening on the back end? And you realize, oh, wait, okay, fine. I did lie about that, but everything else is true. That was definitely China. That was definitely the Wuhan Institute. Don't ask any questions about Dr. Fauci. Don't ask questions about the gain-of-function research. Don't ask questions about the National Institute of Health. And you better not be asking questions about Peter Daszak and EcoHealth Alliance, which was the cutout for Fauci. Look, folks, we've had these receipts for years at this point, absolute years. But they're going to sit there and play these games like, hey, we're on your friends. It's called pacing and leading. Pacing and leading. The pacing section comes in when they say, you know what? I agree with you. I come to you and I match your pace. I walk your walk. I match your gait. I speak your language. I use the same phrases you use. I say all the things that you want to hear. And then subtly, subtly, subtly start moving in a different direction. You see Hollywood doing this right now, by the way, because they've realized for Hollywood, by the way, and we, we talked about this recently, that get woke, go broke is real. So what are they doing with wokeness in Hollywood? Are they just moving away from it? No, no. They're slipping it in the back door because they've come up with a new policy, a new strategy called Yellowstoning. What is Yellowstoning? They take an actor like Kevin Costner, Harrison Ford, Sylvester Stallone, someone that you've known for years, someone that you trust, someone that middle America says, yeah, I'm going to go see one of their movies. I'm going to go watch one of their shows. And then what do they do? They put them up and put a cowboy hat on them put a, a toothpick in their mouth. And then they start introducing other characters around them, woke characters, spouting woke nonsense, woke narratives. They start going around. They did this with Star Wars. They did this with Marvel. Of course, they've been doing this with the FBI. Do you understand? You are being sold a bill of goods. Do not trust these people because we understand who Chris Ray is. We understand what the FBI has been doing to this movement, go back to the text messages of Lisa Page and Peter Strzok. These people smell like Walmart. 
folks, I was in the Intel community. I've been very open about that. I get called a Fed every day. What if I am? Right. Uh, you do not understand. Nothing that I've ever said or Sean Hannity or Dan Bongino, Shara Carter, nothing that we've said or reported could ever possibly get you to actually understand how much condescension these people have for you, for your families, for your values, and for our way of life. They actually consider themselves better than you. They consider themselves more well-informed. And they consider you to be nothing. And that is why when the federal government crashes a train or allows a train to be crashed with hazardous materials in the middle of America, they don't care. There's no concerts. There's no fundraisers. There's no big celebrity telethons. Paul McCartney's not running around playing songs for East Palestine. They don't care about you. They want you to know your role and shut your mouth. Let's talk about the uh, horrendous terrorist attack that happened just hours ago when a group of saboteurs uh, infiltrated Russian territory territory and attacked civilians. They saw that this was a civilian car uh, with a civilian family, with a child, but they still opened fire. All right, so we're seeing news now of a terrorist attack which took place just across the border between Ukraine and Russia. Inside Russia, the town is called Bryansk. It's a small town, um, economically depressed town right there on the border. What you heard was Vladimir Putin saying that in this case, and by the way, there have been several Ukrainian units over the course of this war that have crossed into uh, Russian territory. What they do is they'll take advantage of the fact that Russia, of course, has a massive border, uh, over a thousand kilometer border with or with Ukraine. Uh, a lot of it is forested. It's very easy to take advantage of this porous border. They don't have a border wall, as a matter of fact. And so they're able to get over. Typically, what these units will do is they'll go over, uh, fly the flag, take some pictures and then head back. But in this case, it seems to have been and, and the reports are quite um, quite vague at this point. They're all over the place. But we are told, and, and Putin is out there saying, that civilians were killed, potentially even children were shot and killed. Now, on one angle, I would say that this is what you would expect, uh, certainly what you would expect from two countries that are, are neighboring each other, that have uh, connections to both sides, that have family on both sides. Obviously, there are people within Russia that don't support Putin. There are people within Ukraine that don't support Zelensky. So it wouldn't be surprising to any of us that this type of uh, terrorist activity, this type of insurgent activity would be going on. The United States, of course, saw this as well from uh, at a high level in Iraq and Afghanistan. The issue here for us to look at and the issue for us to understand is that Regardless of the unit that took that that conducted this, and so people are arguing now. Okay, they're saying, well, this was a volunteer unit. It was Russians that had joined the Ukraine, and that they are not directed by the Ukrainian military. It wasn't officially sanctioned. They did this on their own, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Look, okay, maybe, maybe, but the issue is, and the salient point is, how does Russia respond to this? Are they going to respond by looking at it? as a one-off flashpoint, or are they going to blame the Zelensky regime, the Kiev regime, for conducting this attack? Are they going to say that it was conducted on their behalf? Of course, you saw this in 9-11 here in the United States when, uh, what was it, 19 or 18 of the 19 were Saudi Arabian. And so for uh, the question 
very early on was would the United States blame the government of Saudi Arabia? And of course, we later found out that the government of Saudi Arabia certainly was involved. Elements of the government of Saudi Arabia were involved in the 9-11 attack, certainly in planning and facilitating some of these moves. Now, was it directed from the crown? That's never been consistently proven. But what we have seen is that in those 28 pages that were redacted from the original 9-11 Commission report, they knew, the Bush administration knew, the government knew that Saudi Arabia was involved, yet they didn't ever attack Saudi Arabia. They didn't have any response whatsoever. What was the response? Go after Afghanistan, then try to nation build there, go after Iraq and try to nation build there. But after the falsely trying to tie Iraq to the attack, but it had nothing to do with it. So had nothing to do with 9-11, never did. So here's the bigger issue for us. Is this attack something that Putin is going to be able to use in his favor to be able to go back to Russia? Keep in mind that everyone has been predicting a massive winter offensive. That master was, massive winter offensive hasn't seemed to happen, but the mobilization is there. The fighting around Bakhmut that's been going on over the past several months has constituted the fact that we might be seeing in Bakhmut and these, these images that if you, and you got to go on Telegram. By the way, I see a lot of people on Twitter will say, I haven't seen footage of the war. Where's the footage of the war? And that's true. It's not nightly war footage anymore. You don't have the embedded reporters the way you did in Iraq, Afghanistan, Vietnam, etc. You do have the mission creep. But instead, you've got to go and seek it out. You've got to go to places like Telegram. And that's where I go every single day. I do it once in the morning, once in the evening. And I scroll through several channels, uh, Ukrainian side, Russian side, independent. And I look around to see who is involved. While I do that, you can see footage from all over. And Bakhmut has been a turkey shoot, an absolute turkey shoot. Um, Russians have poured into there. This, this private group, Wagner Group has gone in, Wagner Group. And then Ukraine has poured re reserve after reserve after reserve. The entire city is a shell of its former self. Uh, if any civilians are still there, they're obviously in harm's way. The fighting has been extremely intense. And this very well may be, uh, analysts are now looking at this saying that it may be the largest battle of the 21st century, even dwarfing anything that was seen recently in Syria. And so the question for all of us is, if that's what's going on in Bakhmut, and Zero Hedge had the article today that Zelensky, even after saying that he would not pull out, that he would not quit that city, that he, is, he has floated the possibility of a tactical withdrawal from Bakhmut at this point. And again, if you look at the images, it's 10 times worse than anything that we saw in Mariupol during that, during that fighting. We have to ask ourselves, what is the goal for the United States? What is the goal for ourselves? What is the goal for our sons and daughters? Yesterday, we have the clip from Zelensky. He said, if Russia is not defeated, then American sons and daughters will have to fight them. That's what he said, because he said Russia will continue on into Poland and the Baltic states. I haven't seen evidence of that. But he's saying if Russia is not defeated now, that World War III will kick off. But there is another path forward. There's a path forward called diplomacy and something that I would add that Vladimir Zelensky himself ran on when he first ran for president 2019. He ran as a candidate of peace. He ran on stabilizing relations with the Russian state. He ran on stabilizing the economy. This was exactly what 
he wanted. Now, somewhere along, that, along the line, that got changed. Mr. Zelensky, I would say this to you. Go back and listen to those speeches and see if you can find the way forward so that more sons and daughters of Ukraine are not killed in this, that this needless fighting will not continue. There is a path forward to peace. There is a path forward to economic prosperity for you, for your nation, and for Americans, by the way. And I would, and I would say that to Putin as well, and the entire Kremlin. But for Americans, we have to ask ourselves, are we willing to embark on something like this, a hot proxy war in a country with nuclear weapons, one that we are directly funding, not covert like Afghanistan, directly funding. And what does that mean if Russia starts to look at us as an adversary? Ladies and gentlemen, you have my permission to lay a short.